Hello and welcome to the Call Yourself a Fan podcast. My name's Mike and I'll be talking to real football fans about their club. Football is not always trophies and glory. 99% of it is misery, frustration and of course some good laughs along the way. We'll cover embarrassing mascots, disgusting pies, all leading up to that dreaded worst 11 and a little bit of trivia in between. We've had a little bit of a mid-season break, um, but we're back this week. Uh, and we've got a great show lined up. Uh, founded in 1895 as Thames Ironworks, this club have won two FA Cups and have won the prestigious Intertoto Cup in 1999, defeating Mets 3-2. They are one of only eight clubs to have never fallen below the second tier of English football. However, the highest ever finish was in 1986, finishing third in the first division. There'll always be a club synonymous with England's World Cup win in 1966 with their players Bobby Moore, who was obviously England captain, along with Martin Peters and Jeff Hurst being key members of the squad. It is, of course, the Claret and Blue Army, West Ham United. Joining me today is a big West Ham fan, uh, an English literature graduate from the fabulous University of Reading. This fan has worked in hospitality operations and is currently in teacher training. His heroes are Shakespeare, Grisham, and his lop. Welcome to the show, Tom Shepherd. Thank you so much for having me on, uh, Mr. Smith. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm so excited to join your esteemed guests that you've had on so far and to hopefully uh, give some uh, insight into my wonderful club. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about today, Chef. Um, how, how are you anyway, mate? Um, you, were you down the pub yesterday? We're, listeners, we're recording this on the 5th of July, so it's after our public houses opened yesterday. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've got a little bit of a sore head this morning. Oh, mate, you know how it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 try, I, I wanted to get a few of the boys down to the, uh, to the local boozers, but I think there's still mm. a little bit of worried around the old COVID. So a lot of people fair, weren't, uh, weren't up for going up, to be honest. But uh, oh, yeah, I didn't hit the pubs yesterday. I, mean, I know you did, but uh, I will definitely be be so over the next week or so. Fantastic. Yeah, I trust my luck as well, um, Shep, because um, yeah. about 8.30 this morning, so I had the window open. It's, you know, it's quite hot. I live in a flat. And yeah. um, there's some absolute twat parked over from our <laughs> flat. Um, he's, he's doing the old tree removal. So it's that, oh, it's that no, no. <laughs> the day after the pubs reopen for about three hours this morning, it's been a guy putting, you know, logs and stuff into that big old grinder. You know, it's just oh, so noisy. Mate, there and should be you, laws against it. Know, on a Sunday yeah. morning, the day after pubs open, I've got a hangover. And that, that is the sort of sound you do not want to hear. Do you know what I mean? You want to go take a chainsaw to his head, mate, rather than uh, <laughs> freeze, I tell you. I, some people, you just think to yourself, mate, just have a day off. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or just or start it start it around lunchtime or whatever when you're all eating your burgers and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. That's fine. But eight o'clock in the morning, like you said, nursing a hangover. I tell you. <laughs> These people, no, you, you wonder where, where, where they've come from, mate, or like, you know, who taught them this way, like their parents yeah. or whatever? Oh yeah, wake up on a Sunday morning, use a chainsaw. Come on, man. <laughs> bit of common sense. I uh, know, mate. I know. But anyway, uh, I can enjoy the morning now. I'm speaking to you, mate. So um, yeah, you were I suppose well, mate. <laughs> great stuff. Shall we? Shall we start with a bit of maybe an amusing story of your football supporting life? Any any quips that you've had being a West Ham fan? Oh, definitely, mate. So, yeah, a lot of funny stories down the years, for sure, especially going around to Upton Park. I guess uh, being in the Olympic Stadium, not so much fun, but more uh, kind of misery and despair. Mm -hmm. But I've got some funny ones from uh, from Upton Park, for sure. I remember uh, back in, it was uh, 2005, so I was about 15. 
And um, me and uh, a mate of mine, Liam, uh, who's probably, the, well, the only West Ham fan in my area, Ellsbury, at the time. There was only two of us, really. And uh, we uh, we went to go uh, together up to uh, to Upton Park. And um, we'd been really excited about it because we'd only been a few times before. You know, we were going uh, mm. with just one parent and we felt like, oh, you know, 15 years old. Like, oh, well, this will be amazing sort of thing. And uh, we waited, as you do, you know, get your programme and stand outside uh, where the players come in uh, from the bus and whatnot. And uh, James Tompkins comes out and uh, my (laughs) mate Liam, it was funny at 15, to be fair, uh, goes to me, oh, yeah, shit, look, watch this. I'll get Tompkins over. I'll get Tonka over. And he goes, Jim, Tonka, mate, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Tompkins looks at him like, who is this? Yeah, typical Liam. Like, who's this stupid 15-year-old? And he comes over and he goes, he goes, Tonka, mate, Tonka, mate, can I get your autograph? And he goes, sure thing. So I make it out to Rudolph, your red-nosed pillock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was dying. Fantastic. And his little face just dropped. It was so funny. He was like, oh, all right. And he went, no, nah, I'm only playing with you, mate. And to be fair, he, he signed his... um. He signed his autograph. He's, he's a really funny <laughs> bloke, James Tompkins. I heard a story as well um, behind the scenes that he got the uh, boot boy to lick his boots for a grand before. <laughs> which uh, was so, yeah, I yeah. think all these boys get up to a bit of a laugh. But, yeah, that was one funny one. And, I mean, apart from that, mate, I have a, a tendency to kind of go to games where it's a new sign and who seems to get injured. So, had that as well <laughs> with Lucas Neal on his debut. Um, where he came on and <laughs> what a waste of money he was getting charted around the uh, he's around a because de- he's a decent well he's obviously ex Millwall again um, yeah. which uh, he's, he was a decent player in his time but and then he obviously went on to play for Blackburn and you picked him up after Blackburn so what was he early 30s then he he, he was probably nearing the end of his career yeah really. I think he, I, I don't think it was early 30s mate I think it was about 28 oh, right. 29 oh, I right, have to go back and check but it was sort of like all of us agreed at West Ham and this has been a thing for about 20 years now we, we just don't invest in fullbacks, mate. I, I, I don't understand what is going on at the club. They're such an important part of the modern game. And um, I was actually happy at that time that we actually had a right back. I mean, we've been <laughs> used to Blim Inspector, Fober, all this rubbish <laughs> that, that, that's been there. And um, yeah, so Lucas Neal was a good sign. And however, yeah, the injuries hit him. However, he was a good captain. He, it, like, yeah. he, he got over the injuries and, it, you know, he ended up having a decent season and a half for us. But... Um, yeah, on that day in particular, it was just a, a bit of a laugh. He came on, you know, it was a quite high wage in particular was being spoken about. I think it was like 75 grand, uh, oh, which geez. was a lot of money, you know, mm. you know, 10, 15 years ago um, in yeah. the Prem. For so, a fullback as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, for a fullback. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course, mate. So for, to him, like, walk off the pitch after 20 minutes and we lost to Watford 1-0 at home. And we just, I just thought, oh, God. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What have we got here, mate? But, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it's been some funny times down there. And I think the Liam story was definitely fun. I mean, for people who, who are listening to the show, you know Liam, he's big pale face and a big red nose. So getting called Rudolph was brilliant. <laughs> How arrogant he was being. Oh, look, I'll get Jimmy Tomka over here. It's just, uh, he absolutely know. ruined him. Yeah, the good <laughs> stuff, mate. wondering mate uh, why are you a West Ham supporter I mean you mentioned you know you're kind of from Aylesbury is it is it a yeah. family connection thing or is it you know a, did we brought up in East London I, I, I don't know Tom, <laughs> no, but, uh... no, mate, definitely not, not me you can tell by my voice I'm a, I'm a bumpkin I don't know uh, <laughs> I'm not East London my um my family are originally from Essex and my dad was um mm. born in uh, South End so I was, guess I was either gonna be a South End fan which uh sort of my second team and um, or or uh, like a Hammers fan, you know, a lot of Essex people are like kind of yeah, Hammers yeah. And, 
um, and Arsenal and whatnot. And uh, yeah, my old man, um, his dad's a Spurs fan, uh, my granddad, Tottenham oh, fan. Right. His first yeah. game he took my dad to was uh, West Ham v Tottenham. And I think it was to get my dad to be a Spurs fan, but uh, West Ham ended up winning the game. And my dad was so blown away, you know, that amazing team in like the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with that amazing team, he was just like, I can't imagine ever supporting another football club again after watching them play. So um, sort of got it uh, ingrained into me. Um, up until I think I only joined, started supporting West Ham when I was probably about seven or eight. My dad really started like, getting me into it properly, you know, and, yeah. and um, going through into like my teenage years. Uh, which was good, but yeah, definitely not in the family. If I could have a choice again, I'd go back and choose a better club, mate, because they don't <laughs> give anything back, but you've got to put a lot in. But, you know, it's in the blood, isn't it, with football clubs? You, you, they don't, you don't choose them, they choose you sort of thing. And, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. So your dad your dad went against his dad after watching the game. That That's quite, uh, yeah, quite an interesting um, way of going about it, I suppose. I'm sure his dad wasn't that happy about that. Oh, my granddad's such a nice, liberal kind oh, of guy. Oh, right. He's one of those <laughs> guys who'd have took my dad to the game and been like um Have a good time oh, you know dad, let's let's i hope you like the spurs and then when my dad said i love west ham he'd be the kind of guy who'd buy him a west ham shirt you know what i mean and uh and and support him in whatever his, <laughs> not uh, disown him yeah not disown <laughs> him yeah i guess it'd be different if my boy comes to me and goes oh dad i want to support tottenham <laughs> jesus christ yeah no. straight straight off to the adoption center <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah Fantastic. i mean uh, ever ever since then mate you know mm. and, and with my brother as well as you know like we've got a core of uh, like three hammers fans uh, in the family now i'm going to keep the tradition up every uh, every missus i have they have to support west ham out the door you know <laughs> yeah i know I, i've even got my uh my girlfriend into into millwall i mean we watched um we played charlton on friday and won one nil um, oh i saw that mate yeah yeah v- yeah very pleased but um the game was pretty shocking if you were a neutral <laughs> uh it was pretty diabolical and um yeah she she sort of tries to show an interest but i can just kind of see sort of her eyes flickering like she's falling asleep you know she's laying on the sofa um, well i can i can uh <laughs> i definitely agree with her there smith do you remember when we went to <laughs> support blackburn millwall you took me along and that carl oh. henderson was up front <laughs> oh yeah of course did, did we win that no we lost i can't what was the lost score it 2-1 mate oh yeah of course you guys did. scored an own goal and i think jordan rhodes got a penalty yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think who got the winner. I think, again, it was a corner. Maybe a keeper punched it in his own net. It was uh, awful. No, that, that was a bad time, I think, because that was, yeah, we were probably struggling in the championship, certainly, yeah, if Henderson was there. Um, was that when Henderson got jeered off? There was someone... Yeah, ironically you, yeah. jeered. I, I, I love <laughs> yeah. thinking back to that moment. Me and you just looked at each other and we just started laughing. The crowd <laughs> were jeering him off, cheering him to get off the pitch. The old <laughs> yeah, oh, dear. Yeah, not not our best striker, Darius Henderson. Yeah, I, I suppose I'm gonna might open up a can of worms. I think with the next question, um, okay. Shep, because I know I feel you you feel very strongly about how West Ham are kind of managed or mismanaged is probably mm-hmm. the right word, but by the board, you know, since the dildo brothers as they're yeah. as they're known, <laughs> they're known uh, along with <laughs> along with karen and brady something. uh in in charge um the devil so, with tits karen brady yeah. <laughs> so d- yeah i mean over to over to you really i mean what's what's happened since they've kind of come into the club it seems to the club that's had big ambitions moved to a new stadium and it's just not come to fruition they came into the club in 2010 right well like back end of 2009 then, then coming into 2010 
And it's sort of the same time that, you know, the social media uh, revolution blew up, you know, and everyone yeah. got addicted to Facebook, Twitter and whatnot. And I sort of see it as the, the same time as when, I don't know, the time before this and the time after it. And I see that as Golden Sullivan's reign as a direct, like, comparison with, uh, with the modern age that we live in now. The, the frustrating thing is we have only been in the Championship once in their 10-year reign. They have kept us as a Premier League club. So yeah. I have got to give some credit where credit is due. However, with the amount of money that they've put into the club and how badly ran the club is. I mean, the club's been run poorly for years since, yeah. you know, Terry Brown beforehand and then the Icelandics with Eggett Magnusson. Oh, um, and that, we yeah. sort of felt like a, a turning point, so to speak, when Golden Sullivan came in. They came in with this 10-point plan about mm. how they were going to commercially drive income in the club. We were going to move to a world-class stadium, they called it, invest mm. in the playing structure, completely revolutionise uh, like the actual like, sports science metrics behind the club and how we, how we do business, but also how we look after players because they're always injured. And nothing has improved, mate. If anything, it's mm. got worse. I, think, I feel like the club is a joke. I, I mean, as you got, mm. like, and, and people listen to this who aren't West Ham fans, look, outsiders looking in, we just must look like a circus. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's, it's appalling to see, at least, at least when Pellegrini came in um, a couple of years ago, all this kind of rubbish around who we're signing and all this embarrassing stuff in the, in the papers all stopped. Um, mm. And he caught, sort of brought a bit of class to the club, but that's mm. all gone out the window now. Pellegrini's gone. Um, I, I believe uh, Pellegrini was the it was the right decision to um, to end Pellegrini's contract, um, but more so to get rid of Husillos. Which brings me on back to the, the point that? around Golden Sullivan. Mario Husillos was yeah. the um, technical director slash head of recruit, however uh, you want right. to call it. You know, like a yeah, head of yeah. recruitment role. Yeah. Now, this is what this is the first thing that I really want to touch upon um, with West Ham, and I think it is fundamental to the survival of the club in the future. We have to appoint a technical director, a proper mm. football man who understands business, who understands negotiation, and understands forward-thinking strategy um, around West uh, about West Ham, because there has been none of it, mate, for ten years. Yeah. You hear quotes from Sam Allardyce on Talk Sport saying, um, "Oh, I." Uh, you know, I came back from uh, the summer holidays and David Sullivan called me up and said, Sam, I've got a present for you. I've bought you a striker. He's called Diafra Sacco. Now that ended up working out, but is this yeah. really a professional club that, that turns over hundreds of millions of pounds a year that a board member, uh, you know, a member of the board is calling up the manager to tell him that he's, he's given him a gift of a striker. Where, where, where is the, where is the thought process? Where is the right? We're gonna, you know, we're we're looking for certain players that fit a certain mould that we're gonna work with, and you know, we need a technical director to do that, and that technical director cannot be brought in by the manager. The mm. technical director hires the manager that falls in the philosophy of the club, not the other way round. And yeah. I think that's where Golden Sullivan really got it wrong. Um, mm. two years what, ago, where, where, what, what advice are they getting from somewhere? I mean, is, do you think that they just think that they know best, you know what I mean, without asking for professional advice on how a club is run? Because, as you yeah. say, that just seems just ba so basic. It's so basic, isn't wrong. it, mate? I yeah. know. And you hear Moisey now saying he wants to copy the RB Leipzig model around, you know, yeah. signing young, fit, hungry, energetic, athletic players. Just on him saying that, on the basis of just him saying that, regardless of results, I want him to be our manager. Just mm, because mm. finally we've got a manager who's actually thinking to the future. He shares kind of your vision as fans, I yeah. think, Moyes. Yeah. yeah, he gets it. And even mm. if he doesn't share that vision, mate, and, it's, and he's going archetype, archetypal against type, so to speak, mm. um, at least he's saying what we want to hear, mate. 
<laughs> you know, and, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. The core of, and the players we're now linked with, Ollie Watkins, Eberechi Etze, uh, Anthony Robinson. These are the kind of players that I want to see at West Ham because even if the boys lose a couple of games, you get behind them because they're young, they're British and you want them yeah. to succeed. When you get in these, you know, end of the career, payday mercenaries, who yeah. are sort of just in it, you know, legs are starting to go, hitting 30, one last big contract, heart's not in it. <laughs> you can't get behind that because you're already buying at their peak and the peak isn't good enough. At least with the young boys coming in, you think, oh, there's always, you know, a brighter future next week. And we haven't had that at West Ham in time, in a, in a long, long time. It's a working man's club, you know, the, it is, the West it is. Ham. And it's, it's a working man's club. And all, I think Hammers fans across the years will have a soft spot in their hearts for players who aren't the technically best, but really, you know, can see them giving it their all for the shirt. Yeah. And, yeah. with, um, and, and we really like and rate and respond to that well. You get a bigger cheer at Hammers if you make a hard tackle as you do, you know, scoring a the goal. Same as Millwall. Like, you know, I know we yeah. are big, big working rivals. Club, but they are working men's club and that that's right. And, um, you know, the likes of... You know, say if Noble played for Millwall, he's the sort of player which would be definitely a fan's favourite. You know, that all, yeah. all action, um, you know, gets stuck in, you know, loves the club. He would be more preferred than a, you know, a tricky right winger. You know, someone that's going to kick the opposition rather than skin the opposition. So, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, but don't so get me saying, wrong, we yeah. do love a bit of flair. But yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying there has to be an ethos in the club mm. where the players who are coming into the club understand what is required of them, of yeah. the fans. I will happily... I've I've had, you know, when we lost that, that thrilling game against Spurs 4-3, I, I was clapping. I was nearly in tears at the end of the game. We'd lost the game. That was irrelevant. It was mm. irrelevant that we'd lost the game. It was, you want to see something, you want to see him passion, you want to see him driving, running, working for the shirt, like, you know, mm. jumping in the way of balls, putting tackles in. Um, mm. Alternatively, you drop that on the other foot, and I've seen the team get booed off under Sam Allardyce when we'd won a game 2 1. And Allardyce mm. said, I've never seen that, you know, fans booing their own team when they've won. But it's, you've got to, it, it's a weird one, West Ham, and people talk about the West Ham way, and I don't think they really understand what we mean when we say it. It is, yeah, you know, the the old school adage of free-flowing football, but it's not that. It's hard work, it's graft, it's determination. It's wearing your heart on your sleeve. That's the West Ham way, irregardless of ability, in yeah. my opinion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. And um, I suppose you're talking about the working man's club and that that sort of passion for, for the club, I suppose. Um, do, do you think, though, that has been lost a little bit since moving to the Olympic Stadium? Um, because, you know, Upton Park was very much a cauldron of football. You know, it was one of the classic English grounds, wasn't it? It was yeah. somewhere that you wanted to go and watch football. It was, a, you know, not that I... Uh, unfortunately, Millwall didn't play you too much. Uh, yeah, so I true. It's hard to, to get tickets always. To go as well as that, yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't go. But how do you feel about that? I mean, do, do you agree with me there? Do you feel some of the soul has oh. been sucked out of the club? It's it's a really good question, mate. And I, I think it's one that is like debated amongst the fan base over and mm. over again. You know, some people saying we had to move for, you know, to, to compete with the big boys. We haven't done that. So, yeah. Um, but will it give us a, a platform for the future? I do believe so. Um, I don't feel like the quality of player coming into the club has improved because of the stadium. I don't see match day revenue that much higher mm. since leaving Upton Park. I think actually... Um, working on a redevelopment at Upton Park and driving that up to like 44, 45,000 might have been a better solution. Was there some restrictions though? Because it was obviously, you know, in an East London housing yeah. around, you know, Upton Park. So were they, were they able to extend it? Well, I thought that was 
I think money talks. I think they right. did look at it, but I don't mm. think they really went after it. It was more of there was this bus lane that was just outside of the East Stand, so they couldn't really develop that. And it was our smallest stand. If you looked at pictures of the ground, the yeah, other stands yeah. are quite well built up, and the East Stand was tiny. And that's mm. where we could have easily put another five to 10,000 um, there. But I think there was issues with planning permission. Mm. Look, overall, mate, I think it is the right thing to do. And I know I'm probably, you know, if West Ham fans listen to this or whatever, they're pro- probably, a lot of them will disagree with me. Mm. I, I think it is the right thing to do. I think we have got a good stadium. I think what is crucial is that we buy the stadium as soon as it becomes uh, feasible to do that. You know, and if the LLDC decide that um, they're happy to sell it to West Ham, I think we need to purchase the stadium. Um, that way we can, you know, remove all, all the kind of barriers around the match day experience for fans. Yeah. Um, in terms of noise, you know, distance from the pitch, all these kind of things that get brought brought up a lot, we can we can work on that if we own it. You know, mm. we don't have the power at the moment being uh, anchor tenants. I think you can make it look more like your home. Um, yeah. I think we're getting used to it. You know, slowly but surely, the win rate at uh, um, the London Stadium is still less than Upton Park, but it is going in the right direction. Mm. I would say there would be far less hatred for this new stadium if we got the recruitment right in Billich's second season. So when we moved from Upton Park, we had that wonderful season, mate, where we came seventh. Yeah. Uh, Payet on top form, Lanzini. Yeah, yeah, we had yeah. a strong base left over by Allardyce, but he, he, he gave um, some of the, you know, some really quality players um, in, a, in attack. And Antonio came on and uh, Carroll was fit. And we, we had a really good year. Came seventh, just three points off of the Champions League spots. Um, and then that summer, it all went wrong. Village mm. let go of the wrong players and brought in some shocking, shocking <laughs> signings to take us into the Olympic Stadium. If I'm going into the Olympic Stadium as a manager and I'm thinking, right, we're going into a new stadium. We've seen Arsenal struggles with uh, how successful they were moving to a yeah. new stadium and yeah. it takes time. We've seen mm. it with Man City. When you move to a new ground, it takes time. You've seen it even with the new Den, Smithy. Like, mm. it, it takes time for your yeah. fans and the club and everyone to get used to a new stadium. Buy quality players. Give yourself every oh, chance. A chance, yeah, exactly. Yeah, give yourself yeah. a chance to get through that yeah. season. Billich let go of some really good players that year, and I, I remember looking at the game. The first game we did win it at the new stadium. We won it one nil. Gokantore crossed for uh, Antonio, who scored, and we mm. won one nil. And I was watching the highlights of it. It was funny. It was only about two months ago, mate. And and I was looking. I was thinking, mm. looking at the players on this pitch. No wonder we we struggled. We went from a team the year mm. before that had. Piat Lanzini, Alex Song at the base. We had uh, kind of Koyati and Noble. Yeah. Um, we had Stuart Downing, who actually played quite well that year. Uh, uh, sorry, he had just left just before, sorry. We had mm. um, Diafra Sacco up front, Andy Carroll up front. We had loads of goals in the team. Dimitri Payet, um, you know, and we, we looked really, really good. And then we moved. And that year we signed Ashley Fletcher, Simone Zaza, Havard Nordvite. <laughs> Look at these players who are coming into the club. No wonder we're struggling. We haven't mm. recovered since. And then Whose fault's that? Them, is is that Billich though, or is that the owner? That was Billich. Billich that right. year, he got that all mm. wrong. He he mm. had some good windows. I, I was thinking about this, mate, and I think a lot of our problems stem. Probably the main problems is that a manager hasn't left a better team than what they started with since yeah. Allardyce. Allardyce mm. picked up a championship squad that was on its knees. It was terrible. We just come bottom under Avram Grant. Um, mm. And, you know, Avram Grant, Millwall legend and all that, mate. Um, <laughs> and, and Allardyce left us after four years with a solid Premier League team. Nothing, mm. nothing spectacular, but the team was better. Billich inherited that and added some spice and flair to what was already a really good kind of like defensively drilled unit. Um, and that gave us that success. But then Billich kind of went the complete other way, stopped working on the fitness 
um, you know, and, and that kind of aspect of the game. And we, we really saw it. Our players became, went from like being, you know, average runners in terms of no fans under Allardyce would complain about the work rate. They'd complain about the talent, but not the mm. work rate. And uh, that went out the window. We had the talent and the work rate just dropped right out. We had a guy called, what was his name? Rack, Rack, I think he was a, the fitness coach. And he was 70 years old and he was a Croatian <laughs> handball coach. What the bloody hell is he doing in charge of Have you of found fitness? him? Yeah, he was Billich's mate. He was oh, called right. something Rack, mate. I can't remember his first name, but his surname was Rack, I think. And it was, he was a 70-year-old handball coach. I remember watching one of his warm-ups and he was tr- trotting the players around the pitch for a couple <laughs> of laps. I was thinking, can we do more than that on a Sunday league level? <laughs> No one, and we were bottom of the, the, the league for sprints and everything. And I think this all came in. So when Billich went, it was the right decision. The board brought in Moyes, you know, a really authoritarian, hardworking, grafting, like you run or you're out kind of manager. And it worked for us and we stayed up. Mm. But again, Pellegrini then gets the budget, right? And, well, Hugh Silos mainly, and brings in, you sell Edmilson Fernandez, Czech Coyate, and you bring in Jack Wilshere and Carlos Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, you, and Pedro Obiang as well, sorry, I should mention. Three decent Premier League centre mids sent out. Mm. It's mad. Yeah, He's sent yeah. away from the club just to bring in Carlos Sanchez and Jack Wilshere. In what mind? Uh, yeah, what, what, what world are they decisions? living on? I remember quite a funny thing. Millwall had this terrible fitness coach as well. I don't know if yeah. it was just a thing with fitness coaches. I think it was under Ian Holloway. I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, it was announced that he was he was hired. And for some reason, there were no sort of photos on the club website or anything. Anyway, the first game, his first game as a fitness coach, obviously, um, I'm, in, I'm in the ground uh, and the, the team come out to warm up. And this... 30 stone bloke comes out. He looked like he literally just come out of the local weather spoons or something after a yeah, burger and a pint lunch or something. And anyway, yeah, he's walking and walking along. Um, and, and you just, it's one of them moments in it where you just look to, look to your side and think, you know, no wonder we're shit at the moment. Like, no wonder. Just, just, <laughs> but there we go. There oh, we go. mate, that's brilliant. I think a lot of our issues aren't stemming from the stadium. It's stemming from the recruitment. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's the playing staff recruitment. I think that is the one thing West Ham really, really, really need to go after in the next couple of years. And we, we need to buy the right players in the right mould for the team. And, and all these worries about how the clubs run, uh, mm. what stadium we're playing in, um, all, these, all these other things, they'll fade into the, into the past if we have a successful playing team. We, we just will. Mm. And um, it's so frustrating to see it, mate, because, you know, we've got a, a 60,000 stadium. We're in the heart of London. We're, we're a club that a lot of players, well, obviously, we wouldn't attract like, you know, Champions League type players, but we're going to attract the best of the rest, definitely. And yeah. I'm so frustrated seeing these old, washed up players keep coming again and again, always injured. Why did, who, why did Pellegrini sign Wilshire on, free year, on a three year contract? <laughs> who in their right mind would do that deal? God knows. Who Wilshire must have been laughing. Go, go, Fernandes go. We yeah. haven't invested in fullbacks in 10 years. Aaron Cresswell still our forward. He was bought under Billet, um, sorry, yeah. under Allardyce. We've got Fredericks there who's a free transfer. We had Zabaleta there who was 36. And mm. we've got academy graduates. And then Masuaku again, who was bought under um, 
under Billich. No one under Moyes or Pellegrini is anyone in the defence playing there now. Ogbonna was under Billich as well. I guess Diop's come in, but he's been a bit hit and miss. Mm. And the lack of investment in centre midfield and our fullback area. You know, if we do get relegated this season, I'm hoping after the win against Chelsea, we're not. Yeah, but yeah. We, we would deserve to go down because of the recruitment. We, mm. but you know, if anything, Moyes has bought time with me. I don't think he's been very good tactically, but he signed Suchek and Bowen, and they are two very good signings. That is yeah, exactly yeah. the kind of players we want: hardworking grafters under the age of 25 who can fit in, and they've hit the ground mm. running, mate. They've come mm, straight into mm. the team and they're straight in the first team playing 90 minutes. He looks good, um, that Suchek. Actually, I'd never heard of him before, really, but he, he looks solid. Mate, same here. All I'd seen mm. of him is that he scored mm. a header against Chelsea in um, in the, in the Champions League. Mm. Um, I watched that game and he'd scored it for Slavia Prague. And um, like s- since he came into the team, we mm. we physically can't play without him now, mate. Like, if, yeah. he, if 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 he gets injured or if Rice gets injured, we are in a lot of trouble. I can imagine us not winning another game this season mm. if either of them go down. Who are your top three most hated clubs? Maybe you could start with your. Um third moving upwards to the okay. most hated um i think it's a funny one for me this Smith, mate, I, yeah <laughs> your club won't get a mention mate funny enough i i guess that's because i'm a young fan you know i, I bet mm. there's people 50 60 years old who absolutely hate millwall and um i guess yeah. the only scenes i've seen of the millwall games is when you know uh, we beat you 4-1 coming to um our place and all the chairs got ripped up and that and there's obviously animosity yeah. between the clubs and the history but I guess with me and you being such good mates and you being a Millwall fan, I don't know, and just laughing about both our clubs, it's so hard to like then end up hating a club when yeah. you've got a close mate who supports it. You know, it's, it's, it, I, I felt like, I don't know, it's, it's just tough. So, yeah, Millwall won't get on there. I don't really hate too many clubs, to be honest, mate. I mean, mm. I've, my passion goes for West Ham and my love and support of West Ham. There's not really room to, to hate others. I mean, if I had to pick three, I'd go as follows. So... Well. Chelsea would come in third for me. Um, yeah. I don't hate Chelsea, uh, so to speak, but I guess I, I dislike what has happened with my club over the years and how they've cherry-picked our best players. Um, <laughs> you know, most notably, Glenn Johnson, Lampard, Joe Cole, you know, um, and it is, and even taking John Terry out of our academy when he was a boy, eh? So, um, mm. Yeah, I just think they've always been like a bit of a bastard club in terms of that. They always uh, they're the first ones coming to pick over the scraps when we go down. Well, Don um, Bailey, in uh, I imagine you listened to that show. Uh, who was yeah. the Chelsea supporter? Previous uh, yeah. show. He yeah, he, he yeah. I mean, he picked West Ham as well, and uh, he said that. West Ham always turn out against Chelsea. And isn't it funny that since recording that, West Ham beat them again 3-2. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, it was brilliant, mate. I, I thought, yeah. after all the VAR controversy in that game again, I sort of felt like we are destined to go down. Um, mm. you, know, I, 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 you know my opinion on this, mate. We talked about it. I absolutely hate VAR. I think it's, yeah. um, I think it's actually made the game worse. Um, not even just like indifference. It's made the game worse. At least mm. as a player... If, you're, if the ref makes a mistake, you all know there and then and you get over it. You know, the Linos flags up, the ref's blowing the whistle. Now you're scoring yeah. a goal, you can't even celebrate it for four minutes afterwards because you know some idiot in Stockley Park with a microphone, sorry, with a tooth comb is trying to see if a toenail's offside and they're trying to find ways to get rid of goals rather mm. than enjoy the enjoyment. So I hate it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, for, in sense of Doms, I mean, that's only a recent development, I would say. Chelsea pumped us for years over yeah. and over again in those late 2000s eras mm. we we didn't have a 
a sniff in a load of those games. And I even remember it got to a point where uh, they were beating us 4-0 at home at Upton Park and Frank Lampard started doing keepy-uppies in the middle of the park. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was so bad. So, yeah, I'd have Chelsea at three, mate. Um, yeah. In second for me will come Tottenham. Uh, mm. Like I said, uh, it's hard for me because all the clubs that sort of I should hate, really, I've got close kind of ties with people who support them. So it makes it quite hard when you're talking to your granddad who you love a lot about his club. <laughs> you got, it's hard to uh, to hate Spurs in terms of that. However, you know, that being said, I love beating Tottenham. Mm, I mm. love it. I love it when we beat Spurs. My profile <laughs> picture on Facebook was Antonio squatting over their shit new bowl uh, for about a year, mate. Um, I, I Antonio's a hero as well, mate. But mm. like, I, 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 there is nothing better than beating Tottenham Hotspur, and I just a lot of their fans are so insufferable, mate. I don't know if you find mm. that as a Millwall fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As like, they're just, they just seem so out of touch with reality with it all. And just, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it'd be Spurs that, that come second. Um, Tottenham were one of the first teams I saw live, actually, mate. My granddad took me a game again, probably trying to indoctrinate me into being a <laughs> didn't Spurs fan. And it didn't work, mate. No, not mm. at all. They beat, they beat Nottingham Forest 2-0. I think I was about seven years old, but... Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good game, but yeah, no, no affiliation or loyalty mm. to Spurs from me, mate. I didn't like. Them, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they'd go second, and now number one, a club that I actually do genuinely despise rather mm. than hate. I'd say I despise them, Sheffield United. What's the backstory? And this obviously that? comes back. Well, this comes back to the um, the old relegation where we had to pay them thirty million in uh, compensation yeah. for going down under the old Tevez and Mascarano. We did not relegate Sheffield United. They relegated themselves, losing mm. on the last game of the season at home. While we went away to Man United and beat them. Mm. Um, Neil Warnock, his face plastered all over the TV, and Sean Bean. I mean, he's better as uh, as Boromir, I think, or as 006 <laughs> in Alec Trevelyan in Goldeneye. Stick to what you're good at, mate, acting and dying. Don't start talking about football like you know what you're on about, mate. Um, yeah, and having that all over it and their kind of like hate scandal, I thought it was brilliant going to Sheffield United this season and uh, all the fans wore Tevez masks. <laughs> mm, yeah. Get in there, boys. Come on, you Irons. <laughs> I didn't realise it was such a it was such a big rivalry since since then and it's it's sort of carried on. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say rivalry, mate, but hatred. Mm, I'd hatred, say... Right. Um, a lot yeah. of fans really they don't we don't see Sheffield as a rival, so to speak. Well, looking at them, they're mm. better than us now, mate. But yeah, um, yeah. we don't see them as a rival as such. But there is a lot of uh, discontent around that club uh, at mm. our club after what happened. When you pay another club thirty million quid, I mean that would never fly nowadays. Can you imagine? No, you know, no. Man City got done for financial fair play, and they're mm. going to maybe lose their Champions League place. It'd be like them having to pay thirty million to like whoever came fifth for missing out or mm. whatever. Mm. You just mm. won't. It won't happen. It won't be asked of. So why we had to pay them compensation, I'll never know. Should we have a little quiz? I was hoping you'd accept the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you see, you scored um, six or seven. I mean, <laughs> six or seven. <laughs> So for those of you that haven't listened uh, before, 
Um, I've prepared a little quiz round for Tom. Uh, so there's 10 questions. Now, he doesn't know what the topic is yet. Um, this is nope. to stop people from researching before and getting 10 out of 10. But I've prepared your quiz on how much do you know your manager, David Moyes? Oh, so God. Okay. It's on Moisey. So not necessarily right. about him at West Ham. This could be just his general career. So uh, interesting to see how you get on here. So I'll do my best. You'll <laughs> go... With question one, yeah. Moisey finished his playing career and started his management career with the same club. Who was it? Uh, Preston North End. That's correct. One point yeah. there. Good start. That's good. Get, give me a nice, nice, good easy start. one to get me started. Yeah, I just, that's like what that. I've done. That's like the hundred pound question on who wants to yeah, be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, on who wants to be a millionaire. Just gets you in there. Just gets you in there. Exactly. Nice. Um, question two, uh, born in Glasgow. Moyes played in which position? I don't know why I mentioned that he was born in Glasgow and then unrelated. I did this last night after I got back from the pub, so maybe that's why. Um, born in Glasgow, Moyes played in which position? Um, to be honest, mate, I'm going to have to have a guess at that. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's have a think. What would Moyes be like? He's sort of as a manager, he's quite defensive. I'm going to go for centre-back, mate, but I'm not sure. I'll go centre-back. That's, that's correct. Well done. Yeah, he was oh, that was lucky. That was well a done. Pop well done. Christ, yeah. Good right, stuff. Great. I was going to say I was a centre-back or full-back, but yeah, good. Yeah, no, well done. Well done. Yep, yep, he was a centre-half. Um, question three, and this is a strange one. Um, which country did Moyes start his junior football career in? I'm John. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go uh, Scotland. Yeah, that, it is incorrect. Um, but yeah, obviously that's the obvious uh, guess because yeah. um, he did play at Celtic. But for some reason, he was in Iceland, which I couldn't Iceland? find out. Oh. Yeah, anything else online? Why he went there? He was only there for a year, and then he moved back to Scotland. But it was quite a weird, yeah, yeah. weird, weird thing about him. I think. Um, yeah, I probably should have gone a little bit more of a guess there when you said it wasn't out of the, when you said it was out of the order, and I go, yeah, oh, yeah, Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. <laughs> I couldn't think of a good country to go for, mate. <laughs> Never mind, mate. That's okay. Right. Question four. How many Scotland caps did Moyes get? Oh, bloody hell. Uh, I couldn't even tell you if he was mm. distinguished as an international. I don't really know. I only really know him as a manager. Um, let's have a guess. 17 caps? It's a bit of a trick question. It was actually zero. He never he got a cap. Play, oh, no, right. never got a cap. Um, I mean, he, he wasn't like a top, top player. So I suppose, um, and, and the Scottish Yeah, but you said he was Scottish, mate. Was you only have to be part level to play for the <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, though. <laughs> very true. Right, question five. Moyes led Everton to their highest league position in 04, 05 since 1988. Um, which position was it? Uh, fourth. That's correct. Yeah, it was when they got in the yeah. Champions League. And I think, yeah. didn't then they, they get knocked out in the qualifiers? Away, yeah, yeah out in the qualifiers. That's why it had to be fourth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay, good stuff. Six, um, true or false, this year Moyes took a 30% pay cut to retain West Ham staff jobs during the COVID crisis. Is that a trick question, Smithy? Was it 20% and you're trying to... <laughs> I would not do that. Oh, mate. <laughs> I, or would he, I? Was it 30% or 20%? He's definitely taken a pay cut, mate, whether it's the percentages mm. you're trying to trick me here on. But, um, okay, I'll say, yeah, it is true, but I think it's 20%. No, it is true. 
Well, according to Wikipedia, 30, okay, yeah, it was 30, yeah. Um, it was only after the Scottish see. International Trick questions. You've got me paranoid now. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good with that one, mate. All good with that one. Um, yeah. Great. So set, question seven. Um, how does the name Desert Cry relate to Moyes? Desert, Desert Cry. Yeah. How does Desert that relate cry. to Moyes? Um, it's a race. Yeah, I can't. I can't give you an answer there, mate. Sorry, I don't think I'll even be able to hazard a guess. No worries. It's a race horse that he owns. Um, with someone oh, else. Oh, right. racing. Maybe if I thought about that more, I probably could have. You know, I know. About yeah, it could have had a little good crack. Could've yeah, had a little stab at it or whatever. But mm. yeah, all right. Nice question, mate. Cool. Good stuff. Question eight. Moy's most expensive signing for West Ham was who? Oh, good question. That's going to be Jared Bowen. That's correct. Jared Bowen, 19 million. Um, and then uh, another one about signings, question nine. Moy's first signing was who? Yeah, I'm trying to think if it was Hugh Gill or Jao Mario who he got first. I can't, I'm trying to think. In his first period, who did he sign first? I think Mario came in later in the window. I'm, oh, I'm going to go with Hugh Gill. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Jao Mario, Mario afterwards. Yeah. He was about five days after, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was close between those two. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And question 10, finally. When Moyes returned to West Ham in his second spell, he said, that's what I do. I... Win. We all have a laugh about that quote. Yeah. I, I feel for Moisey on that one though, Smithy, because mm. um, you know, people with the fans with their blinkers on who don't actually understand football keep talking about his win record. I would like to challenge those fans back and say, number one, has David Moyes ever had a summer to get in players he wants in mm. into his team? And yep. both times he has come to the club, he has inherited a squad in the bottom three. Of course, his win percentage is going to be low. You're coming into a useless team. All mm. you can look at is where does he pick them up, what position they're in, and where do you end up? That is the only statistic that, that can be taken. And all I'd say is Moyes took over West Ham the first time around. We were 18th and we ended up 13th. Um, and uh, now he picks us up, albeit we were 17th when he came in, um, but we dropped into 18th before he even had a chance to have a game. And he's now got us up to where we're now in the league, 16th. So mm. we're going the right way again. Um, I wouldn't look at win percentages. I would look at did not lose percentages, um, yeah, which for him enough. is very high. He gets draws out of games where we'd usually lose. So I think fans like that need to have a think about, oh, okay, yeah, looking at win percentages and statistics and figures like that, it's, it only tells half the story. Um, well, you got seven there, so well done. So you are joint, bad, eh? jo- joint second. Yeah, definitely. That, that's okay. So you're joint second alongside Matt Maynard and Chris Page. So good company Oh, I'm, a, I'm a, amongst uh, illustrious company there, Yes, so yeah, the, the elites. <laughs> um, great stuff. We'll move that's on amazing. to our spotlight feature now in the podcast, yeah. which is your worst 11. So um, this is Brilliant. during a time... I think you've given a caveat, Tom, where you've said it's players you've seen live. Is that correct? Rather than, you know, just yeah, players Yeah, I had your... to, mate, because as everyone knows who's listening to the show, West Ham worst 11 could be made up of 50 players. Maybe mm. more. Maybe <laughs> more. Maybe 100 players I could, I could actually name who are, who are dreadful. So the only way I could actually break it down into 11 is that I wanted the caveat that I'd at least seen them play live, mm. you know, to, mm. to have an opinion Fair on enough. them. because. So I didn't want to go back and start putting in 80s players from it, you know, who I've never seen, but course, I've heard of yeah. who are terrible and stuff, you know. 
Yeah, of course. It's who who you who you're most synonymous with, I suppose. So, um, so you've gone for a four four two. Firstly, any reason for that? Uh, just it's my favourite West Ham formation. Four four two. I guess I should have put it in maybe like a five three two or something because that's what managers keep trying to do with us and it don't work. Um, but yeah, four four two. You know, good standard. Yeah, I, I think there's been a bit of a resurgence of the four four two in the Premier League as well now. Mm. Um, you're seeing some teams get some moderate success with it. Um, although you know, the, having the, the extra body in midfield usually does does counteract it. But uh, yeah, you you know, if we talk about Burnley and stuff, you kind of fight above their um, above their stations and their wage bill. They're they're a mm. good uh, example of it. So. We'll start with your goalkeeper then, Tom, if you'd like to announce <laughs> who that is. And, um... uh, it's got to be um, Roberto, uh, mm. or his actual name, Roberto Jimenez Gago. <laughs> Absolutely useless. I, we've had was some he's... terrible keepers. Yeah, was Roberto signed, was he signed as to be the first choice keeper um, at Mate, West Ham? this is where we have been so, so lucky as a club. The first thing Hugh Silos did when he came in and we, the board identified that we needed a keeper, he recommended Roberto. Um, mm. Luckily, the board didn't listen to him and went for Fabianski because he was cheaper than Roberto. And yeah. um, who was he playing for, Fab? Uh, Swansea? They just got yeah. relegated. Yeah, so yeah. he was cheap. He was 7 million. And so they went They went with their decision and not um, Husilosis. And we brought Fabianski in. He's obviously excelled at the club. Been, been a superb goalkeeper. Hammer mm. of the year last year by a country mile. Um, and he has made some some errors this year. But, I mean, if anyone's got money in the bank with West Ham, it's that bloke. He physically got us into that top 10 on his, on his own. He had the highest uh, shots saved ratio in the top six European leagues. Mm. Um, and our expected goals were something like three times higher than what they were. He was he was superb. And the thought that he couldn't have come to the club and Roberto was going to come instead <laughs> fills me with some dread and panic. We had 10 <laughs> games with him and it's basically what cost Pellegrini his job. Mm, mm. Every shot went in. Every yeah. shot went in. His <laughs> kicking was appalling. Every cross he fumbled. Every pass across the box he didn't intercept. He, I've played with Saturday league footballers at amateur mm. level who are better than Roberto. I'm not joking. That people I've, might go, oh no, he's a pressure on that. He is awful. I've never seen anything like it. I think if you, listeners, if you YouTube Roberto West Ham, I think there's a compilation which I was talking about that video where it's all of his mistakes rolled into one. And, you know, sometimes this could be a mistakes over a goalkeeper's career. This is over eight games, eight that, Premier League I, games. I completely agree with you. You've just said the point I was going to make. That compilation video is usually made out over like five years or whatever, or like you hear Man United fans moaning about De Gea. Mm. This guy made 15 errors in eight games. He punched <laughs> the, his own, the ball into his own net from a corner. The ball's every shot just burst through him. It was, it was like it was he had no hand-eye coordination, Smith. He had mm. the reflexes. Like He could see where the ball was going to go, but he couldn't put his hand in the right place. Like The ball would go over his hand, under his hand, through him. Mm. Um, he had no like composure. His kicking was dreadful. His communication was bad. It, it was just overall a terrible goalie. I thought Joe Hart was going to be like one of the worst keeper signings um, yeah. that we've done. But when Roberto, and I saw him live, and it was just, oh, God, terrible. 
You wonder how you wonder how he's managed to get a career. I mean, it's it's, it's strange, but he's um, he's on loan at Alaves at the moment. I'm not sure how long's his contract at West Ham. As he's he got signs? another year, mate. Thirty-five oh, grand a week. No one's going to pay that. He's no, he's no. going to be here for another year. They're only paying something like ten percent of the wage. Oh, With, really? Golden Sullivan just wanted him out of the club. They just yeah. like, just get rid of him. That's one mm. good thing they did, Golden Sullivan. Like, if you've mm. got someone like that at the club, just get it out. Like, just get the stench out of the club. Like, remove mm. it. Like, yeah, you've made a financial hit on it or whatever, but just get it out. Like, don't yeah, no one yeah, wants yeah. it. You know, it's sort of that. But Fair yeah, enough. I'll get too angry, mate, if we continue on about this. <laughs> we need to get through. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So we'll move on to your right back. Yes, mate. Um, the right, God, we've had some terrible right backs over the years. So, so bad, mate. And I'm trying to think of like the worst one, but there's been like Lars Jakobsen, <laughs> um, who, who was absolutely appalling. Uh, Julian Fober, who actually kind of ended up getting himself into um, not folklore with West Ham, but you know, at least mm. like we had a bit of appreciation for him by the end of it, you know. Um, yeah, so we, we, we have definitely had some really, really poor right-backs. Um, but I've gone with uh, Jonathan Spector, who, mm. was, who was absolutely terrible, except <laughs> from one game where um, he, he scored two against Man U and we put him in centre-mid in a cup game. We won 4-0. Um, and that was kind of like his crowning glory. But apart mm. from that, God, he was woeful. A hundred... 101 appearances, Tom, um, you know, over five seasons for West Ham. So he, he was yeah. there a long time, wasn't he? And obviously yeah, exactly. He came... And that's why, that's why he yeah. sticks out in the memory mm. like a sore thumb. I mm. think it was in that time, like I've told you, this has been decades of underinvestment of fullback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we haven't had a good one. I, I'm trying to think back to when we actually had decent fullbacks. We had a season where we looked okay under Allardyce, where we had Cresswell, who was fit and could run back then. He was like 24. And we had Carl Jenkinson from Arsenal, who could actually mm. run. He was pony, but he could run. Mm. And then mm. before that, I'm trying to think, we had Guy Demel was okay. Um, and yeah, Glenn Johnson, I guess, we're then going back to. And Julian Dix, that'll be the last <laughs> time we've actually had good fullbacks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Spectre, I agree with you. Look, he, he did some good service for the club. So did Lewis Burmore, to be honest. But neither of them mm. really... Uh, brought the house down with that yeah yeah average players fair enough yeah cool no worries he's um i think he's i don't think he's retired yet so he's age 34 um most recently playing for hibernian um and obviously he's a united states international isn't he 36 appearances for the usa Um, that amazes me that he's got 36 mm. international caps he was rubbish he was really bad much to your Scotland point, I think earlier, Tom, it doesn't take much to get in the uh, USA yeah. side either. Um, yeah, true. Good stuff. Shall we, um, let's do, yeah, one of your two centre-halves centre next. Um, one of the centre-backs is Emmanuel Pogatetz. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, he came in for about, uh, you know, there could have, I could have gone with centre-backs that, um, that maybe had a bit more longevity formed over a longer period because Pogatex yeah. didn't really play very many games. But I'm only saying these because of the players that I've watched. And uh, I'm trying to think who we played uh, that I went and watched. I can't remember who we played, but it was um, it was my first time seeing Pogatetz. He, he, oh, my God. <laughs> Where was he at before? Was he at Middlesbrough or someone like that? Yeah, he made, yeah, I think he then he went to Germany and then went on loan to West Ham. But yeah, he made over 100 appearances for Middlesbrough, I think over five five years spell. I don't yeah, know I think what you, happened to him then, mate. I think he's just starting to get on a bit, I think. But he was joined on loan always. from Wolfsburg to West Ham, I think. Um, from what I can see. Um, but what, what was wrong with him, though? He was just 
just rubbish. I, I mean, we're was... talking, if we're saying worst 11, I'm saying one mm. of the technically the worst footballers yeah. I've ever seen. He was like one of those lads, you know, where like, they're like, oh, can my mate play or whatever? You're like, yeah, all right, bring him on. And they just can't, they, they, they can't move. It's like they've got like wooden splints in their shins. Mm. And, you know, they can't like, their legs don't work, like move properly. They have no agility. They can't move like left and right. And he was just one of those players. He could only run in like straight lines. He was a clueless donkey. He had like, <laughs> I remember at the time when he came in, he had, uh, he had this like long, thick, black, curly hair. He just looked so stupid. He got run around <laughs> cluelessly, <laughs> constantly out of position, giving away fouls. I think he gave away penalties. He was mm. just rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> this is typical West Ham. He only made, um, I think, yeah. five or so appearances for West Ham and they paid Wolfsburg a loan fee of £500,000. So, you oh know, you're getting £100,000 per appearance <laughs> plus his wages. Well, I'm glad that I picked Pogatitz then because when you think of the finances involved and how bad yeah. that deal was. Mm. I mean, there's been some crap centre-backs down the year like old Christian Daly, you know, but you take them to heart mm. and whatever because they, they wear their heart on their sleeves and they're passionate yeah. about the club. Yeah. But Pogatitz, yeah, was just <laughs> rubbish, Strap. I guess. I wonder and... if there's any more special mentions I could give at centre-back, but we'll move on to this next one who's hilarious. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. With Chris Page on this one, mate. Roger Relegation Johnson. <laughs> oh, He's in when there. he came in, you just knew we were going down, mate. <laughs> you knew we were going down. The second we signed him in that January window and he came into the club, I just thought to myself, we've accepted relegation. His yeah. name is Roger Relegation Johnson. He's been relegated three times. Who'd he been relegated with? Wolves, Birmingham, and was there one other? Did he get dual, dual um, relegations? Could have been Car- Cardiff, potentially. Yeah, as well. I and relegated yeah. last. I think he's had more relegations than top half finishes in his career. Like, yeah, yeah. This guy, he was a ball in. He came <laughs> in, he was supposed to be the leader, and he couldn't move. He was another one. I don't know where we find these players who can't sprint. You'd think it would be a prerequisite of a scouting team to bring players mm. into a professional club in the Premier League where you can run. Like, surely mm. that is a, like the first thing you look at. Can this player sprint? And if mm. they can't, mm. why are they coming to the club? And this is, this is after, I don't know if you remember, listeners as well, if you've heard the Chris Page Wolverhampton Wanderers show, but, you know, he, I think he turned up half cut at training amidst a, 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 a midst of a relegation battle at Wolves. So, and then obviously West Ham kind of sign him after that. So you're thinking to yourself, is he the right character you want to be bringing into the club? He's clearly got an alcohol problem. <laughs> and so he yeah, probably plays definitely like that, not the player to be bringing into the club. I was, I was really, really unhappy with that signing. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it was proven right. You know, Scott Parker did his best that year to keep us up. But lo and behold, we, we were unable to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Under Avram Grant, really, really poor season that. Really poor mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Cool. Uh, on, to, on to the left back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I've gone. For, I've plumped uh, at left back for Wayne Bridge. Um, mm. Obviously, Wayne Bridge is a good player, like a decent player. I guess this yeah. is more down to the fact of the expectations of when a player arrives versus what they give you, um, rather than necessarily being the worst left back that we've had. Like you know, I could look back to Harita Alunga having a really good year for us and then being really poor after that. Mm. Um, and George McCartney, in terms of ability, was obviously worse than Wayne Bridge. But we brought him in as the top earner at the club, mate. And God, he was dreadful. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm saying this over and over again and I'm like repeating myself. But just some of the players we've had down the years on these contracts. I think he was on 100 grand a week, mate, at left back. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously part of the team that, that got relegated under Avram Grant. And he just, he, he just looked so off the pace, mate, when he came in. I don't know if he was injured or... He had a lot of, yeah, towards the sort of back end of his career, he was plagued by injuries, wasn't he? Um, yeah, and he just, yeah. oh, 
for that so, kind of money, mate, it was, it was yeah, it was just another, just another, yeah, kind of early thirties crock that West Ham are sort of signing and wasting <laughs> money on. Um, I just love calling them it, mate. Don't you? Just calling them old yeah. crocks. It's just like, oh, <laughs> plagued the club for so many years. Exactly. Yeah, he retired in 2014. Got released by Reading and then called it a day. Um, but obviously, he's um, married married to Frankie Sanford from the Saturdays. Uh, so I'm sure he's. Well, at least he's done something right then, eh? Bloody hell! Exactly. Be too yeah. Bad. Footballing and marrying that, Christ. Exactly, yeah, he's having a good time. Right, great stuff. Shall shall we move on to, um, yeah, your midfield now? Um, Perhaps starting with your left midfield? Left midfield, Kieran Mm. Dyer. I think everyone knows about this, Kieran Dyer. Again, it's so frustrating because when we signed him, I was actually genuinely excited. Um, Yeah. And I thought we'd got ourselves a prime player from Newcastle, um, who'd had a bit of a falling out, obviously, with Boyer and the old fighting thing and had a bit mm. of a history with um, a bit of petulance. But at 25, 26, I thought this is a hell of a signing mm. for something like five, six million. But, you know, uh, as the old adage goes, if they, uh, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that was definitely the case with Kieran Dyer. Uh, broke down after, I think it was four or five games out for mm. a whole season, one of the club's top earners, 75, 80 grand a week at the time. Jeez. Every time he came back, he'd play for 10 minutes and go off, nursing mm. a hamstring. Mm. Um, he'd, he'd Even when he wasn't injured, he'd moan of sicknesses and illnesses. And um, mm. yeah, just overall, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many appearances you made for the club. Was it about 35 over four seasons? Yeah, yeah like 30. And there's some, there's some crazy statistics here reading about him, Tom. Um, yeah. it, you know, I think it was in May 2010, figures in the Daily Tele- Telegraph stated that Dyer, who had only made 22 appearances and had never played a full 90 minutes for West Ham, right. was the club's top earner on £83,000 a week. There we go. His, his deal included a £424,000 a season image rights and 100000 in loyalty fees. Dyer was released by West Ham at the end of the 2010-11 season after costing the club around £450,000 for every match he played in. So I think I just, it just I mean, you And obviously people will look at those <laughs> numbers, Smith, and, the, and it's not really... Mate, people will look at those numbers mm. and it doesn't really correlate to a modern audience now because 2020, we're like, oh yeah, that's just a player's goal bonus now, 450 grand. That's you know, 10 right years now. ago, this, uh, yeah. This is 10 years ago we're talking. This was huge, huge money mm. at the time. Like you said, 83 grand a week, club top earner. Image mm. rights, all this rubbish. I mean, fair play to his agent, whoever managed to negotiate <laughs> that deal for him. That's what I say. Like, you know, people have a good lot to say about Mino, Raniola and all these uh, kind of super agents and how much they, they hate him in the game. But at the end of the day, their job is to get their client the best possible deal. And we we got hammered with that dire signing. Really, really bad signing, um, it turned mm. out to be. And yeah, I mean, when you hear the financial aspects of it, you know, it someone you like sick, me who's a massive it? West Ham fan would do, give mm. would give my left testicle to play for the club um, and would not need to be paid. And you hear someone taking that much money out of it um, and giving absolutely nothing back, it mm. really does mm. make your blood boil. Really yeah. makes your blood there's boil. So, there's so many examples of it as well, though, Tom, I think, you know. Dyer's just one of a few that has happened <laughs> to West Ham over Mate, this time. We're about to move on to a few more. Yeah, of them, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Should we do your right mid then? Right mid, uh, Savio. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this one, Smith. Have you done a little bit of research on him? Have you have you looked him up? When uh, uh, yeah, I, I have. I did. I couldn't remember who he was, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think this was, I mean, 2009, was it? He played for West Ham. Yeah, I remember him coming onto the pitch, mate. 
And this mm. is why, because I saw him live. Mm. And um, I'm trying to think who the team was again. I, I went to the, I went to the, um, it was the season before we all went to uni. Um, and I and I was working uh, well like part time, but it was what I was doing for like mm. you know the, the full amount of time. So I had yeah. low, and I wasn't playing football, so I was going up to the Hammers pretty much every other weekend. And um, yeah, it was. <laughs> he came onto the pitch, and the way he ran with his little wrists, like his little floppy wrists, like I just <laughs> I knew instantaneously as soon as I saw him, this guy isn't a footballer. This guy, mm-hmm. he, he, you can just tell, and he <laughs> we paid nine million for him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Savio Enserico. I guess if you could sum up West Ham's transfer policy mm. in one player, in a nutshell, you know, the po- the previous decades, the last 20, 25 years, let's say, mm. he epitomises it. Savio mm. Enserico, high money, high wages, low ability, low ambition. Yeah. It just sums up everything that we've been. And I think, it, like, he is the star. He'd be the captain of this 11, this worst 11. Yeah. He, he, see, and, you know, only a year later, he's sold for 2.7 million? million euros to, like, so. Mate, we've done well to get anything for him. We've done well to get anything. Like, I genuinely, if we'd have, if the board would have come out and said, we've got 100 grand for him, I'd have said, yeah, fair enough. Mm, you know, you just to get, get, to get yeah. two two million euro, you've got to be mm. crazy to pay that, mate. I'd rather pay two million euro to go back out to Albufeira with the boys. <laughs> well, Fiorentina did, and he was there three years and never made an appearance. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, mate, um, he wasn't a professional footballer. He no. he, he wasn't. It, well, he he's somehow he's still playing age thirty. So I think West Ham signed him when he was only nineteen, but he's playing for BSC Sendling who are in the lower German division. So I think he's found yeah, the his... Bloody uh, was that? Yeah, I was say, yeah God know. knows, God knows. Right. Um, but yeah, shocking. Let's do, let's do one. Uh, yeah, your central midfield next, Tom. So centre midfielders. Um, I'll do the first one first because he's still got the chance to turn it around, but I've got Jack Wilshire in, uh, in there at the moment. Um, yeah. Clearly nothing to do with his ability. Well, actually, I guess we're looking at a Jack Wilshire from five, six years ago when we talk about his ability. The Jack Wilshire we see now is a completely different player. Mm. Um, and I am appalled and disgusted at the club giving him a three-year contract on 100 grand a week uh, and mm. with no that is not based on appearances that is a flat 100 grand a week every single week that bloke's mm. got it mm. and um, and yeah I just I don't even know how he passed the medical mate I, I, no, how does no. it how did he plot pass the medical? I want to know who our physios are who our chief doctor is who did these exam who did the examinations who mm. who on good authority under their jurisdiction, said, yes, this guy is cut out to play Premier League football and we should uh, sign him and do the deal. Who mm. passed that medical? Because mm. whoever it is, they need, they need lynching. They need to go to jail. Mm. Mm. It's, it's unbelievable. And if you look at his appearance uh, is over the last few years, so you know, 2015-16 for Arsenal, he made three league appearances. The next season, two league appearances. Um, he was then shipped out on loan to Bournemouth, where, to be fair, he played 27 times. And then he returned to Arsenal 17, 18, playing 20 appearances, um, but still had issues with these niggly injuries throughout that season at Arsenal. And then in the end, they get rid of him. And since signing for West Ham, you know, over the two seasons, you know, he's made 15 league appearances, which for someone on 100 grand a week, I think you'd want someone to contribute a bit more. Mate, it's not even just the appearances as a statistic. It's what he's doing in these games. Out mm. of those 15 appearances, I'd say five of them have probably been 10 minutes as a sub at the end. Really? Um, yeah. Five of them we lost and he looked terrible. I don't know what Pellegrini was thinking. He thought we were going to go into a season, play 4-4-2 with Wilshire and Noble in centre midfield. I mean, mm. ugh, 
we are so lucky that Declan Rice has developed into the player that he has because mm-hmm. when he was first at the club, you know, he was a, a young centre-back just learning his trade and he's had to really become a man and uh, step up into becoming our best central midfielder. But mm. what what they were thinking with the Wilshire signing, I don't know. One year, fair enough. Fair mm. enough, let's have a look yeah. at him. Give him give him 20 grand a week and then 50 grand if he makes an appearance. You know, yeah. something like yeah. that. Where, yeah. He's worth 70 grand a week if he's playing. Yeah, but, yeah, um, decent player. To yeah. give him 100 grand on three years. <laughs> mm. I mean, who's <laughs> It is laughable, isn't it? it just... you, if, you, if you don't laugh, mate, you cry, I guess. Yeah, and then, yeah, especially yeah. when you see things like he's not playing because he's ill and then the club release on social media, him hiding in a washing machine and jumping out on Ryan Fredericks. <laughs> he, he gets into a washing machine and jumps out and goes, Rah! like that on his Instagram or whatever. Mm, mm. Why is the club allowing things like that? It got deleted, obviously, since. I'm, mm. I'm sure you could find it. I'm sure people have like uh, extrapolated it from the internet yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you see things like that, him jumping around, crouching around in washing machines, but won't play in the won't play on the pitch. And he's, mm. uh, if it, personally, I think he should donate his wages back, like either to the fans or to a charity or to a trust. I, I, I think it's I think it's embarrassing. <laughs> he embarrassing, won't. It really he won't. Is. Uh, how about your other central midfielder then? <laughs> Nigel Quasi, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Journeyman Quasi. Should we just take a minute just to laugh out loud? Like, how are you <laughs> yeah. thinking about Nigel Quasi? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Oh, mate. I remember he, he signed for us and um, I went to the game. I think, oh, I think it was that same game that I told you about with the Lucas Neal, the Watford game. Yeah, um, right. And he played in that... <laughs> <laughs> oh mate just so funny Nigel Quasi he was so rubbish and the mm. funny thing was he'd be like he was kind of like a, he was a good lad you know he was the one who'd come out on the um, on the official site and uh, and be like yeah come on guys like next week we go again like try and be real positive and like we must work harder we must try and win games we must and he was just rubbish he, he tried to be Oh, Smithy. It, he, was, oh, it, he tried he th- to be the baller in midfield. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He tried to take on that responsibility of, you know, the one picking the ball off the back line and driving it into midfield and then trying to get it into the forward areas. Mm. And God, he, like, I mean, if Wilshire injury record is bad, Nigel Quasi was just bad. Mm. Just a really mm. bad footballer. And, um, yeah, some funny moments. I mean, he didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't play a lot for West Ham. I mean, seven league appearances, only seven. Maybe he played a bit it? more in the cup. Yeah, yeah. So much more. That that shows you how bad you thought he was then to remember yeah. him in that day. I physically remember him <laughs> so. I remember him so vividly on that day <laughs> as well, laughing at him like sat in the stands and watching him like come because I thought I was thinking about saying Havard Nordvite would be the um yes. would be in my worst eleven. He was obviously an honourable mention that I told you. Um, but Nigel Quasi, I was just laughing at him. Like, you know, when a player like tries to drop off the midfield and like take a touch, mm-hmm. look like, and like try and spray these like adventurous switches and they just go out of play or he just shank them into the stands. <laughs> the band would all boo him. It was just, oh God, awful. Some of the crap we've had down the years, mate. Fantastic. Well. Yeah. God. Anyway, right. Well, well, talking about crap, let's move on to your front two. Um, <laughs> who do you want to go through first? Yeah, okay, we'll take Mido first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mido. I mean, <laughs> what, what can I even say? He costs less to maintain than a horse. £1,000 a week. I mean, he, 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 he was summed up by uh, 
demanding to take a penalty in our relegation battle and missing it with an over-elaborate mm. long run-up and then an awful side-footed penalty oh. into the yeah. corner. I think it was against Wigan that was easily saved. And, um, yeah, I mean, he just summed up a time for me that was that was really depressing as a West Ham fan. I think he encapsulated mm. that. Um, yeah, I, I, I really didn't like him as a player. Again, I'm sure you're going to tell me he probably only played a couple of games, but he really sticks oh. out in my memory. Not a lot. I think nine league games, no goals. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I think he probably <laughs> played a few. Of, exactly. Yeah, might have had a few league cup uh, appearances. I think maybe fifteen or so in total. But um, okay. Yeah, I mean, he he was just um, he was just a fat immobile striker, wasn't he? Um, uh, with a, with an attitude problem as well. He was. He was, and uh, finished his career in two thousand and thirteen at Barnsley, and. Um, oh he now manages in Egypt. He's actually um, become quite an established manager in the Egyptian league. Um, wow. He's okay. managing El Makassa at the moment. So that's what he's oh, up to El now. Makassa. He's 37. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, and your other striker? The one and only Benedict right. McCarthy. <laughs> well, so I, I know you don't like him because we've talked about him over the years. But he used to be an all right player when he was at Blackburn. Um, what went wrong when he went to West Ham? Because, you know, did you think, oh, he's, he's all right, actually, you know, not a bad signing, or were you just like, he's finished? He was completely and utterly finished. <laughs> there was not a even a glimmer of a player left in that body. Mm. He mm. was about three stone overweight. Mm. Um, and that's why, you, uh, you know, use the adage, I remember in the papers, uh, uh, Benny McCarthy said that uh, Karen Brady was the devil with tits and uh Karen Brady responded to that to say at least I'm supposed to have tits Benny Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that was probably one of the funniest things I've ever heard her say to be honest and it is very true he was awful mate he I remember him coming on and what game was it we were playing 4-4-2 and it was him and Colton Cole up front and I think we were playing Wolves and they beat Mm. us 3-1 no sorry whole city it was whole city, and I went to the game. They'd given us these things called happy clappers, um, mm, which they'd seen from another club, or they'd used it as an initiative in Birmingham, and it, it and it makes a loud noise in the ground if you do it. Yeah, They're yeah, like these yeah. Little bits of paper that you can flick yeah, together, and when yeah. you all do it together, it makes a loud noise. Anyway, mm. they chose that game to build this, you know, family fun environment. And lo and behold, as per usual, we're three nil down within fifty minutes to a bottom of the league club, <laughs> and. Uh, the fans obviously getting a bit like irate at this stage and the happy clappers are starting to get thrown onto the pitch and mm. um, everyone's going a bit crazy. And Benny McCarthy summed it up when a ball, he like went to make a run in behind and a ball got slipped in for him to run onto and he gave up on the ball because it was slightly overhit and the <laughs> ball stopped before it mm. went out of play. You know, the ball stops and like... Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't even go out for a goal kick and he'd stop running. If he ran for it, he'd have got the ball. But he thought, oh, that's over it. I'm not going to go for it and give up on it. And I have never seen a player get abused as much as at that moment. If a ball doesn't even go out mm. of play and you haven't bothered to chase it when you're 3-0 down, mm. uh, just, like that just... It really just sums up... Yeah, it sums up earlier what you were saying about what what at least West Ham fans demand demand out of a player, you know, um, yeah. at least effort, and that completely goes against that. But um, I think yeah, he was there. Was it two seasons? I think. Yeah, Maybe we couldn't get season. rid of him. Yeah, and then he 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 didn't make the Premier League squad. I think eventually, um, yeah. and they tried to pay him out, and eventually agreed a one and a half million pound 
pay off to terminate. Yeah, his we contract. had to terminate his deal. Yeah, we didn't yeah, even get yeah. another club. Didn't even come in for him. We had to just buy him out. It yeah. was it was it was genuinely awful watching him that at that point because you had a good good wholehearted grafter like Carlton Cole, not technically the best, but alongside him running his bollocks off to try and you know keep the yeah. club in the Premier oh, League. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. working hard, giving it his all, and then you got that fat lazy. Oh, I could mm. I could use so many superlatives there, mate, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but he he's just he was useless, and like yeah, I guess it was great to you literally had two strikers up front who couldn't be more different from each other, Benny McCarthy and Colton Cole, you know. McCarthy mm. had a lot of talent, a lot of technique and ability, but just couldn't be bothered and preferred eating KFC. Mm. Um, and then you had Colton, who, you know, lacked kind of that natural talent and ability, but would always, always, always give his best for the club, no matter what, yeah. you know, playing badly or, or not. And, you know, loyalty in terms of coming down to the championship with us when he had offers from Premier League clubs to help us go mm. back up and taking a wage cut and things like that. Like, fans remember these things. Um, and that's why Colton's always really well-liked and well-received and welcome back uh, when he comes back. Um, yeah. And he loves the club as well. You know, you saw him cheering his heart out. He's ex-Chelsea as well. When we got that winner against Chelsea, he was screaming on that fan line. So, you know, you mm. love to see it, mate, with uh, with players like that. Yeah. No, that's class. McCarthy, he's now um, moved back to South Africa, uh, where he that's is manager right. of Cape Town City. So he's enjoying he's his He's done a right out of it, hasn't he? Yeah, South yeah, Africa. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And um, so who's managing the side, Tom? Oh, this was tough. So it was either going to be between... I was going to say Glenn Roder, but I've gone mm. with Avram Grant just because of <laughs> the humiliation of that season and, and just yeah. everything, like the curtailment of the season ending with Grant being sacked in Wigan's um, boardroom by mm. Karen Brady, I think just sums it all up, doesn't it, really, what happened that year. Um, mm. Funnily enough, I think he actually did a good bit of business in terms of when he brought Denver Barb uh, into the club in that January, but it was just a little bit too little too late, you know. He'd made mm. the mistakes by signing Frederick Picky on. Um, tactically, he'd got it all wrong. He used to play like four strikers, Parker and Noble, and then like a back, like it was just all over the place. Mm. Um, no no tactical kind of knowledge or, or anything like that. But yeah, it had to be Avram Grant. He's been the um, the worst manager, I think, in recent times. Yeah. And obviously, as we, as we mentioned, you know, I'll never forget that when West Ham lost that last game of the season 3-2 at Wigan. I think they had to win and it wasn't even guaranteed they'd stay up if they won. Uh, yeah. End up losing the game and obviously just to take the take the piss, uh, Millwall fans, um, I can't think <laughs> it was a, well, some of the supporters club or something. It was, and, and, and we, together. Yeah, and we were the original team because I think there's been copycat things since then. Um, but yeah, chipped in quite a bit of money to fly over, um, you know, plane flying over, trailing a banner reading Did Avram Grant, that, Millwall mate? legend. It uh, would have been a good investment. I didn't, uh, actually, but um, I appreciate it. I remember you laughing at it with sure. me, though, because that was, uh, oh, was yeah. that second year uni or first year uni? First, yeah, first, because West Ham got uni, relegated. Because yeah. we, yeah. when we were at university together, Tom, in our second year, obviously, was when we were in the same division. Um, oh, of course, I remember yeah, yeah, of course. Watching, I remember, uh, yeah, yeah, watching us lose at Upton Park, which should never happen, but that's a oh, Winston for another got that day. banger. It's still uh, got a foul on your goalkeeper, Blake. Oh, exactly, it was. Yeah, Blake, David man. Ford. David Ford was rugby tackled, Tom. Um, yeah. There we go. <laughs> it was literally wiped out. I don't know how that goal was given. I still <laughs> I to this day, I don't know. Yeah, don't, don't. Yeah, I mean, there we go. Yeah, it, it was. It was Avram Grant, mate. It was. Mm. It was. Uh, it was a really bad season. And if you find actually that a lot of the players uh, that I mentioned just then were under that Avram mm. Grant team, you know, Benny McCarthy, Wayne Bridge, etc. So, 
Um, but yeah. yeah, we've had some crap over the years, mate. It's been fun to get that off my chest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. It's a bit of a therapy session sometimes, this podcast, I think, for the for my guests. So I uh, hope you enjoyed, yeah, mate. Call uh, yourself a fan podcast. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining, um, Tom. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I knew it'd be a great show. Um, some terrible players that we talked through, some you know baffling decisions by the club. Yeah, really enjoyed the chat today. Um, so those of you listening, yeah, please do subscribe and leave us a review. Um, the show's in all your usual places itunes spotify and acast uh, you can follow us on twitter as well it's at yourself pod um, we're contactable on email too if you'd like to send in your thoughts it's call yourself a fan podcast at gmail.com um, next week uh, i'm speaking to a friend of mine james who's a coventry city fan uh, who will be reveling in uh, their recent promotion uh, to the championship for five points per game uh, so looking forward to that but um leaves me to say thanks again for coming on tom Oh, really appreciate it, mate. Uh, top, top podcast. Uh, you do a really good job of it. And I hope that, that the listener base keeps improving, mate, because I really enjoyed doing that and uh, look forward to seeing future episodes. <laughs> thanks a lot, Tom. And uh, thanks to you listeners.